0: All right, guys, what's up? Today, we're going to talk a little bit about functional medicine and a book by Chris Kresser called Unconventional Medicine that I just finished reading. This has been a topic that I have been really interested in, and if you guys actually look at the cover photo for the podcast itself, it says that we are at the forefront of preventative medicine, but in reality that should probably say functional medicine after reading this book and getting a closer look into really what functional medicine is defined as. Uh, So we're going to talk a little bit about that and how you guys can maybe start to make some decisions to get involved with the functional medicine movement in itself. So what is functional medicine? Well, what it is really is a new approach to medicine. And really what Chris Kresser says, and if you guys have been listening to Greg Glassman at all on the CrossFit podcast, is that the current conventional medicine system, is set up only to treat symptoms. They're really not getting at the core of any of the major chronic diseases, and this has caused us as a society to fall into one of the worst chronic disease, obesity is one of those, but health epidemics in modern history. Cresser goes so far as to say that this is a slow motion modern plague and that it's going to kill significantly more people than even the bubonic plague or black death did back in the day. One of the other contentions that he makes is that he talks a lot about how we are living longer lives but we're living them with poorer health and Glassman actually talks about this also in one of his recent podcasts and one of the interesting things to think about is would you rather live to 84 years old and you only get sick in your last year of life. So you live 83 healthy years, you're up, you're active, you're able to drive, spend time with your grandkids, maybe your great grandkids and you live a phenomenal life and you're happy and healthy and moving the whole time but you rapidly deteriorate and you die at 84, right, within one year. Or Do you feel like it would be better to live to 92? However, when you're 66 years old, you develop Alzheimer's and you end up in a nursing home and you're kind of pumped full of medication and kept alive for the next 25 or so years, but you're really never able to leave the nursing home. You aren't able to do anything or control anything by yourself, and you're basically required to be in the care of somebody else at all times. And I think that this is a really interesting chapter and an interesting point that people need to start thinking about because the reality of it is that our generation, our society is going to have to start to have a better understanding of how we are going to interact with and deal with some of these slower, longer-term, major, major healthcare cost implications as we start to get older and older. And if people think that it's bad now and the healthcare companies are starting to argue a little bit back and forth about, you know, Pre existing conditions, who should be qualified, who should be unqualified, should we accept everybody, should we not accept certain people? But this debate and this problem is going to continue to get significantly worse over the next two to three generations as this group of people who are now going to be, you know, 50 to 60% diabetic and pre diabetic begin to develop more and more chronic diseases and deteriorate at a you know, more rapid pace early in life. But then because we're dealing with these chronic diseases, which are slower and longer lasting and they attack us in kind of a different way, we as a conventional medicine society can probably treat the symptoms and keep those people kind of chugging and plugging along for really – 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 years and that's going to start to really become the scary reality that I think a lot of us in our 20s and 30s are going to have to start to look at. So the signs are there and the problems are there and honestly the problem is so multifaceted that it's really hard to get a grasp on one specific cause or root of the issue, right? Greg Glassman and CrossFit really have pinpointed the corruption in evidence-based medicine or science and the resulting kind of corporate interests involved with that that have then influenced, you know, the government, the FDA, and some of the decisions. And really a lot of the conversation in and around health and medicine has been controlled by, you know, Coca-Cola and some of these other major corporations. Kresser, as a doctor, takes a little bit different approach, and he kind of sees the issue more as an institutional failure inside of the medical community, and he talks a lot about how doctors are coming into practice now with a lot of debt, and they need to see too many clients, which then puts them at the place where they average 7 to 10 minutes per client, And that's not enough time for them to actually dive into the root cause of any of the issues so instead they begin to treat the symptoms they don't actually get to know their patients and instead they just decide to prescribe drugs to kind of get the person on their way and get them in the short term out of pain there's a lot of studies and information about how that has really tainted the field of doctors inside of our community and how they are extremely unhappy and they've lost their idealism, right? Most doctors get into it to help people and they want to be a product of change. However, the system that they find themselves in leaves them completely handcuffed and unable to actually make a tangible difference. So they start to get too worried about the financials of things. They don't get to spend any time with their families. A lot of them don't get to spend any time on their own health and wellness. And the situation is untenable. So CrossFit and Glassman has one approach and they're going to take on... The institutional failure, the evidence based medicine failure. And they're really trying to find doctors and people and studies that they can get behind that are going to shed some light on all of the successful research that shows through diet and exercise, humans can really cure chronic disease. And it's not always just that simple. What Kresser talks a lot about is sometimes it's going to be more about blood tests and some deficiencies, but really what it does come down to is there is an increasing amount of science that shows that over 35 chronic diseases are literally caused by what you eat, the environment in which you live, so that's like things like artificial light before bed, artificial light during bed, bad sleep habits, bad stress habits, and being sedentary. And that's it. And if you can fix those things, you cure your disease. And so that's a really interesting point that I think people aren't necessarily grasping, is instead of treating symptoms, we want to look to cure disease. So that's kind of CrossFit's approach and how they want to take it. And I love his analogy, if you haven't heard it, Glassman talks about how trying to treat the symptoms of chronic disease through prescription drugs is a lot like trying to stop a freight train that's run away and is going hundreds of miles an hour by bashing the glass on the speedometer with a hammer and moving the dial down to zero right on the surface it looks like oh cool well we're not going that fast anymore however the underlying issue is still readily available and is going to continue to get worse and worse so i think that's a great analogy Cresser, on the other hand he wants to look at really fixing the way that your primary care physician or your general practice doctor how their actual practice looks. And so what they recommend is more of a model that is going to be 60 to 90 minutes of time with each patient, and it's gonna be diving into a real conversation with the person about what's been going on, right? Things that patients don't think matter end up mattering a lot to a functional medicine doctor. Patients a lot of times will go in and say something like, you know, oh, I'm here because I can't sleep at night, right? But then they also might have irritable bowel syndrome. They might have some digestion issues and they might be celiac or gluten intolerant. And they might have some of these other things going on that they just haven't identified as a big enough deal to talk to a doctor about yet. However, That could all be the same cause. Your lack of sleep might be a digestion issue. And so everything is kind of intertwined, but that has to come out in a conversation that lasts longer than two to three minutes, talking solely about the pain or symptoms that you're in. Once you've had that initial conversation, then the doctor wants to prescribe some way for you to start to cure your disease. Okay. Not just. Take away the short-term pain or the short-term issue. Instead, make sure that that issue goes away forever and for always. And I think that this is the fundamental underlying thing that our society is just missing completely and why we as CrossFit gyms or as functional medicine um, assistants or, you know, the doctor's community inside of functional medicine communities are so far behind the eight ball and people think that they're like wearing tinfoil hats and crazy. Because we are so pre-programmed by the current medical system that we are in to think that you need to fix the symptom. And it's just not right. It's not right when we start talking about functional movements inside of CrossFit. And it's definitely not right when we start thinking about medicine in general. But what I love about Cresser most is he talks about how doctors cannot do it themselves, right? They, as a functional medicine doctor, their goal is to identify and prescribe a fix, a solution. And a lot of times what that's going to take is dedicated nutrition plans that they need that somebody needs to follow, an exercise regimen or being less sedentary. And those require accountability and check-ins. And so what they recommend is a network of Nutrition coaches, fitness facilities, and coaches, along with maybe acupuncturists and physical therapists, and the functional medicine doctors. And they create a little coalition or a group that is going to create this kind of 360 degree approach to fixing the underlying cause. And this is where I really start to get like jacked up because this is where. We have been kind of positioning ourselves for the last probably three to four years and really trying to make sure that we are set up to take in somebody who, you know, is 150 pounds overweight, who is diabetic, who is on antidepressants, who is on cholesterol medication or has gut and bowel issues or has inflammation issues or arthritis or all these other things that doctors will tell you, oh, you you shouldn't squat, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be eating eggs, you shouldn't be doing blah, 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 all the crap that's out there, and instead looks to create a collaborative approach with people who have shown that they can be successful and take these uh, chronic diseases and fix them, right? And so I think that's one of the biggest issues here is if your doctor is prescribing you things that is not going to fix the issue, you need to go and find a new doctor. I can't say that enough. That doctor, and it's probably not their fault, they are stuck inside of a conventional medicine issue where they're going to treat your symptoms. If your doctor has told you you need to not squat or run or whatever and you don't have a broken bone that could get significantly worse, then that's a ridiculous statement, right? In reality, what you probably need to do is learn to move properly, right? So you need to spend more time doing those movements. If you have arthritis in your knee because of the way you run, stopping running is not going to fix that issue, right? It will temporarily take the pain away. However, something that you are doing while you're running is causing you to have knee pain. So you need to fix the way you run. And the only way you're going to do that is Working on your running mechanics, lifting weights, being active, doing different things. Taking a pill and sitting on the couch and stopping running will not fix that issue. This is literally the exact same thing when it comes to chronic disease obesity. If the issue is that you are eating bad carbohydrates all day long and you sit on your couch all day long, giving you a pill to, you know, keep your cholesterol in check or to keep your blood sugar in check is not going to fix the issue, right? It's going to get you to sit on the couch. It's going to put a band-aid on one of the issues, but you're never going to cure that. You're never going to get beyond that. And so one of the big frustrations is that people, I think, can see it when it comes to obesity, but they don't see it when it comes to things like arthritis or, you know, maybe tendinitis or things along those lines. And it's, it's doing the exact same thing. It's not addressing the cause, the root issue. It's skipping and only treating the symptom. So what does the obese person need to do? They need to get up and they need to change the way that they are living, change the things that they are doing. That is the only way that they will get past that problem just like with your knee. The only way you're going to get past that problem is if you fix the way you run. But this is where things uh, need to start going, and so these are some of the issues that we face. Number one, people are very stuck into going to a conventional medicine doctor, having short appointments, and thinking that that's the way because that's what their insurance provider or their entire life experience has told them is what's quote-unquote, normal. Well, unfortunately, what has become normal in our society, or where the majority of people are going, is a ridiculous amount of chronic diseases. One in two people now, 50% of our country, has some sort of chronic disease. In another 15 years, it'll be 75% of our country has some degree of chronic disease. And so, if you're following inside of that traditional or normal pattern, then you should probably start to expect to have some chronic diseases because that's what's going to be normal. So if you guys want to be outside of normal and we don't want to be dealing with chronic diseases, you're probably going to have to start thinking a little bit off the beaten path. So that's the first thing that I see that we have to fix is the patients themselves, the general population's mindset towards conventional medicine. Next, we have to really start looking at the institutions, and there's a few different institutions that need to be looked at. Uh, Some of them we can change, and some of them we are probably never going to be able to change, but uh, the ones that I see the easiest to change are, of course, going to be gyms right and i'm a big believer in that the modern and classic gym where there's no support structure there's no guidance there's no coaching there's no pressure on people to be working on nutrition and there's no performance basis have caused a lot of these issues if a gym will have you come in and work out and never ask you anything about your progress or about your nutrition then that is going to be setting up those clients for failure. And so the big problem then is 97% of the country is currently going to facilities like this or not coming into gyms at all. And so what I see as 97% of our population has a lot left to be desired from the fitness industry. And one of the big things that you find is during this 30 or 40-year collapse of our healthcare system, people stopped valuing fitness coaches, right? So this used to be a job or a profession that wasn't needed. And then when it started to become needed, people saw big profit possibilities. And so these major chain gyms, Gold's Gym and LA Fitness and all these other places, they saw the opportunity to have predatory personal trainers sent out onto a floor to try to sell personal training packages for big money to clients. And so what happened then is these personal trainers started to get like used car salesmen, and the education level dropped because it was a financial gain in game only. And so the actual credibility of these fitness coaches and what somebody would call themselves a personal trainer started to drop off the face of the earth. And honestly, I hate the connotation now. I almost never use the term personal training because I associate that with somebody who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. And I take a ton of pride in reading and always know what the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to training stuff and taking people's best interest in mind. I'm going to make sure that that's not something that I take lightly and I'm never going to try to sell anybody on anything. That's never been a core tenet of anything CrossFit related is it's, here's your problem. Here's what you came in and said you wanted help with. Here's how we can help you. Do you want to do that? Here's the price for it right and so it's it's very simple right but i've never gone out into the community and started telling people like like you know hey man i can get you some sick biceps and sick abs if you come and join me but unfortunately that's what a lot of trainers in these communities did and so there's this kind of broken gym system where people need personal attention, people need personal coaching that costs a decent amount of money. Anywhere between two and $400 a month is what people should probably, who are especially experiencing chronic disease, what they should be looking to spend on a gym or nutrition program when they're trying to cure that disease. And that should be right in line with your healthcare costs. But if you look at that as an investment for the future, you are going to make that money back 10 times, 100 times. If you end up in a nursing home by the time you're 65 years old and you're going to live till you're 80, you better have a gigantic chunk of change and some really good healthcare saved up so that you can afford to take all of those pills and pay all that money and not be a stress on your next of kin, your kids or your grandkids. And even with that, you're going to be living those 15 years with a pretty low quality of life. So it makes a lot more sense to invest that money now. But the problem is, is when people started to have this mistrust of trainers, that's when the gym industry responded with dropping rates down and dropping the value down for what people would pay for fitness. And so the value dropped out to, I think it's down, I think you can get memberships for $9 a month now. And that's where the people value a gym and utilizing a gym. The online bloggers and websites also saw a major opportunity along with the online supplement companies. And they started to pump out a bunch of content and try to advertise and tell people, you know, you're not getting fit because you're not taking the supplement or because you're not doing this program. And they started to just pump these out left and right and left and right. And everyone was doing these bodybuilding programs off of muscle and fitness when all of their models were on steroids. And the reason that all of this was going on is these are billion dollar a year industries with a B. Planet Fitness has a market cap of 4.1 billion dollars. And the only way that that model works is if 95-99% of the clients that they have signed up for memberships do not come through their doors. It's the only way that charging $9 a month, you can become a $4 billion company. So now we've created this world where people don't value health and fitness, they don't trust fitness and nutrition coaches, There's a weird sales-like mentality and psychology with all of these billion-dollar companies that are out there just trying to make their buck and really not help people. And so when somebody makes the decision, when they get over that first major hurdle with, I really want to get better, I want to cure my chronic disease, and I'm ready, well, the system in the in the atmosphere, the community that we have set up for those people to go into is going to fail them. We know it's going to fail them. It's not going to help them at all. And so that's kind of our first piece is we need to set up the institutions that will help these people. And the 15,000 CrossFit affiliates out there are a good start, let's say, Maybe a third of them are, you know, decently run, well coached with coaches who care and have a structure where they can actually support themselves financially for the future. You know, that's just a drop in the bucket. It's less than 1% of our community is going to be able to dive into those. So the wave is starting, and obviously I'm super passionate about being at the forefront of this and being one of the first you know, major changers, especially in the Columbus market, but also in the Ohio market, especially because Cleveland Clinic is one of the, the top areas and the top groups for functional medicine and the functional medicine movement. They get it. They're building a massive functional medicine facility, and they understand that this is the only future possibility in which we could actually go and be successful and not have a community where we end up completely imploding due to our healthcare crisis. So that's the second one. We need to fix the way our community generally thinks about fitness. And again, this all starts with us, right? We need to have a louder voice. I was just telling Andy and JC and Jenny last week, like you guys get it. You need to have a loud voice. You need to be Things need to be out there on social media, they need to be posted, there needs to be blog posts, there needs to be podcasts, YouTube videos, whatever it is, we need to shout this from the rooftops. Because if we are not out there letting people know that by dropping your value and going to these places where you won't be successful, where nobody will guide you to the right way then you're actually supporting a bit of the problem, right? It's you vote with your dollars, and so if you're going to spend your dollars on companies who are going to promote being a part of the problem, then I kind of believe that you are a part of the problem. It's like I have a fundamental rule against investing in companies that are a part of negative uh, healthcare implications. So Berkshire Hathaway is one of the best stocks that you can buy and obviously Warren Buffett has been phenomenally successful and I think everybody would be happy with the return on investment that he's provided to shareholders but one of his major stock holding companies is Coca-Cola, and I'm not going to support that. And so I think this is one of those big things. Obviously, it's a little bit of an extreme, but if you want to be a part of the cure to things, you have to make sure that you are doing and aligning the things in your life to get you there. So staying on track here, okay, first thing we talked about is we have to fix the way that people think about conventional medicine, their general care, or their primary care physician and their general practitioners, and understand that A lot of them are still stuck inside of the old system, probably through no fault of their own, right? But they are not going to necessarily be the people to help you fix some of these chronic diseases. The second thing we need to fix then is the way people think about the fitness industry generally and the value that they place on that. If we're gonna be spending $285 a month on a healthcare premium that we don't necessarily plan to use, doesn't it make a lot more sense to invest in the thing that is gonna keep you from having to use that healthcare premium? And so it's a it's totally out of whack if we feel like we're gonna spend, you know, two hundred and eighty-five dollars on this oh shit policy. It's kind of that that lifeguard analogy, right? It's like you're spending two hundred and eighty-five dollars a month to keep a lifeguard standing beside you at all times, but you're investing zero dollars in a swim coach each month, wouldn't it make a lot more sense to pay the money on a really high quality Navy SEAL swim coach who can teach you to escape from the bottom of a drowning pool when you're hogtied and essentially remove the need for that lifeguard to ever jump in? Now, obviously, in that analogy, we could always have a speedboat roll through or a shark come by and bite your leg off, and in which case, you're probably going to need the lifeguard, right? So having health insurance and understanding what we need doctors, in this analogy, lifeguards, for is very important, but it still doesn't excuse the fact that We devalue learning how to swim or, you know, learning how to take care of ourselves really in this analogy and putting ourselves in a situation that sets us up for success so that we don't need to use that lifeguard. And the cool part about this and what I always try to tell people is that if you listen to me and you listen to our coaches and you do the prescription and you build good habits and you dial it in. After three or four years, we will have taught you everything you need to know to live a happy and healthy lifestyle. Now I can create unique programs and I can provide additional value in a lot of other ways that are going to be unique to you and that's going to be able to drive your performance to a higher level, but that's not necessarily going to be needed for you to be a happy and healthy individual. The one thing that you're going to get inside of a CrossFit gym that you're not going to get elsewhere is the community, the support, the accountability. And so a lot of times after three to four years, that's what people kind of end up paying for still is they understand that if they leave and they try to go and join a Planet Fitness or a lot of people try garage gyms unsuccessfully, And the reason they're unsuccessful, and I'm one of those people, I have a garage gym that I have used I think two times in three years. One of the things they find is once you're used to working out inside a community of people, you need that support, you need that coaching, and you love having it around you, working out in your garage by yourself kinda sucks. So if you guys have people around you who you feel like just aren't getting it and they're going to Planet Fitness or they're going to Fitness 19 or LA Fitness and they're just not making the progress, you need to get to the point where you can tell them, "Look, your investment is you're throwing money in the trash, right? Your your swim coach sucks, right? Your swim coach can't even swim themselves, so you need to maybe look about uh, look into upping your investment level a little bit and get a better coach." Those are sort of the public facing, or the client facing, or patient facing fixes right we need to fix the way we think about conventional medicine and we need to fix the way the community generally or our society thinks about the fitness industry and fitness coaches and nutrition coaches are the exact same right nutrition is obviously at the forefront of all this This is the most important thing but now what we need to think about is what can we do institutionally and i want to let you guys know a little bit about what we plan to be doing in the future for some of this First, my plan is to go and talk to all of the functional medicine doctors inside of Columbus. Anybody who has that inside of their practice name that they are functional medicine or that they work in some sort of preventative medicine, I'm going to go and schedule a meeting to go and talk to them. From there, I aim to kind of pick out maybe who's doing things the best, who do I agree with, where do we think those facilities are going in the future, and then create relationships with those doctors to work side by side and have a communication about the patients who are going to be coming to us from them and then the patients that we send to those doctors. So hopefully in the next month or so, you guys will start to see us on the community board, post a couple doctor's names up there, or maybe write a couple blog posts about doctors, primary care physicians, and GPs that we trust and believe in, and sort of start to create this network, right? It should be people that we think are really valuable for you guys to go and see if you're having chronic disease issues and then also provide them with an awesome service where if they have somebody come in and they're dealing with obesity or diabetes and they have some chronic disease issues themselves but they just haven't been able to you know figure it out yet they haven't been able to make that health change because they've been trying to do it and they're motivated but the information in the current system has failed them, then hopefully that doctor can refer to us and we can provide them with an awesome degree of success. Next, I aim to continue to talk about this More and more. Uh, Glassman has been such an inspiration for me over the last little bit, and he continues to be invited to talk to these major international conferences about some of these issues. And the ball has started to roll, right? It's going here, and you guys are going to be some of the first people to start talking about it and this is going to be one of those things i hope that we can look back on 20 years from now and be like oh yeah like some like a like a band right and all these people are figuring out you know who the beatles are in 1987 and you're like dude i was going to their concerts in like 62 but i hope that we can as a community and in a much smaller area start to impact our local community through both charity and involvement inside of the schools and the school system, but also the community and community centers. And I hope to be able to utilize some of the speaking engagements that I get invited to for being a tomb guard and spend just a little bit of time starting to talk about some of these issues. I also hope that you guys who are listening to this will start to communicate with your children and maybe some of your close friends who you can tell, you know, they're not they're not closed minded. Maybe they're open minded to some changes. And this is one of the cool things now is me and my mom have this awesome dialogue and these continuing conversations about a lot of this stuff. And this is something where this is new for her. It's newer for her than it is for me. And we get to have these conversations now where we're operating on the same wavelength and you can Tell that she gets it, and now she's gonna start being a product to change for her friends and inside of her circle of influence. And it's already started to have a little bit of an impact. And man, it's fucking awesome to see. My dad has lost almost 30 pounds. My mom's lost almost 30 pounds. They are just killing it. And the cool part is, is now those conversations are trickling over into their friends. They want to know what they're doing. They're starting to make some of those changes, and they're starting to have a little bit more open and honest conversations. And these are people in their 60s and 70s. So it's going to start to become very, very important in these guys' lives. And my hope is that it's not too late for them. But certainly, you guys know people where they're more in their 20s or 30s and they're going down a bad path. And you guys can be the person that starts to. Show them the light. You can make them be an early adopter into some of this change and start to help them. And I think that's what gets me so excited. So I hope to be able to speak a little bit more on this. I hope to be able to run free seminars for the community about nutrition and diet and exercise. If you guys have opportunities and you guys can let me know about that, I'd love to be a part of it, help out, whatever I can do. And then, you know, lastly, I think in the future, and we've started to talk about this more and more, and you guys might hear rumblings of this, but I would love to make our impact in the community bigger. And, you know, that's probably going to manifest itself in some sort of, you know, next location. And that location, I hope to be dramatically involved with a doctor in the facility and really start to kind of recreate what people think of when they think of, you know medicine and doctors and you know the medical community generally and think about them as a symbiotic relationship with gyms and fitness facilities and i think that's where it's going there's already one gym in arizona who has started this and they've created this mega facility and it's a hospital and it's a functional care facility and it's a crossfit gym and it's a nutrition center and it's all one gigantic building and they've just kind of started building it but the plan are all there and I'm so excited to see how that goes because I think ultimately that would be you know one of my big dream visions so you know I know a lot of you guys will probably listen to this and just be like yeah you know that's great but you know I just want to fucking be able to back squat more Which is awesome because, uh, you know, obviously that's, I love doing that too. And, you know, I'm a performance junkie and I love making people more capable. And if I am continuing to do my job, I'm going to continue to make more and more and more people more capable. And, you know, more capable means better performance for you guys. So I hope that you guys don't see this as, you know, us going like away from performance and anything along those lines, really, if anything, we're going to be doubling down on that stuff because we're going to be offering better nutrition programs, higher level and better squat programs that really get at injury prevention and some of those other things. And then on top of that, if you guys are dealing with any, you know, anti-depression is a big one for me. I am such a mental health proponent and something that I really want to be able to help people with is getting off antidepressants because I've seen very intimately some of the really negative and suicidal effects of those on some of my friends from the army so if you guys are struggling with any of that stuff don't be afraid to come and talk to me. Um, I'd love to go and grab a cup of coffee with you and maybe set up a plan and just kind of dive into, you know, what we need to do to get you beyond that. Or, you know, hopefully in the future, we'll have some of these relationships where we can create a team of people that will get you off of all of your issues, right? Irritable bowel syndrome, sleepless nights, high stress disorders, all these different things and start to be able to prevent things like Alzheimer's and cancer and some of that stuff in the future. And also guys, my hope is that you're still listening to this and that you made it all the way through. You know, I hope this isn't stuff that you guys find boring because a lot of times this is the stuff where, you know, we we're it's so easy to be passive about it. It's so easy to be apathetic about this stuff because it's, ah, you know, society's fucked up and we're all fucked and fuck it whatever. But what I'm going to leave you with is the beginning of chapter 3 in Unconventional Medicine. The title is If Not Now, When If Not You, Who? The writing is on the wall. Chronic disease has devastated our healthcare system, and neither practitioners, patients, nor society at large can escape the effects. If we don't intervene, the situation will only get worse. Will you answer the call? There may be a million reasons why you feel now is not the time to take a leap, or why you might not be the right person or in the best position to take this on. I hear you, and I've been there myself. But there's an old Zen story that has always inspired me in times of uncertainty or self-doubt. One day, an old, <laughs> one day, an old Tenzo, head cook, was washing rice in the temple courtyard in the heat of the midday sun. A young monk approached him and asked, Tenzo, why are you washing rice in the heat? Shouldn't a younger, less experienced monk be doing this kind of work? And old Tenzo replied, if not now, when? If not me, who? So given the challenges that we face and the dire need for people to join the fight, I'll pose the same question to you. So that is my last hopeful impact and goal of friendship is to, at the very least, on the smallest level, maybe reach somebody here today with this podcast or somebody in the near future with a better understanding and maybe they can take the ball and they can run with it if ultimately I am unsuccessful. So create a couple true believers and a couple people, more people who get it just a little bit at a higher level And, um, you know, hopefully you guys can go out and spread some of the communication. Uh, Like I said, I just finished Unconventional Medicine by Chris Kresser. It's a pretty good read. The first few chapters, I think, are very interesting. After that, if you guys have been involved with this for a while, it's going to be not a whole lot new. But I do think that there's a lot of doctors and people who are stuck in ways where it would be a huge epiphany for them. I also highly recommend the two podcasts on the CrossFit podcast. It's the very first episode and the most recent episode. So I think they're labeled 17.01 with Greg Glassman and 18.41 with Greg Glassman. I highly recommend listening to both of those. They're both about an hour. And then my next book is going to be a book that he recommends in that podcast called Tripping Over the Truth. And so I'll be kind of interested to see where that takes me. If you guys have any recommendations on anything along these lines or anything that I said here has spurred you to say, oh man, you know, Jeff really needs to talk to this person or, you know, my doctor totally gets it. And, you know, they've been really impressed by my progress and I've got to introduce Jeff to him. That's the type of thing that I want to come out of this podcast. So please don't hesitate to communicate with me. Thanks, guys. I love you. Thank you for listening. I know this one's a little bit longer and maybe for some of you guys, ultimately pretty boring. But hopefully you see the magnitude of the situation. You see how important this is. And, you know, you can at least appreciate the work that we are trying to do.